Hi, this is Joy. And this is James. And this is the Glow Your Goddess podcast. We're back again. We are. And today is going to be part two of our three-part series on communication. So what we're talking about today in part two of our Goddess Your Words and Your Intentions Speak Volumes is direct communication. What is kind of direct communication in your words, Joy? Well, direct communication, I would say, is being very clear about what it is that you want, what it is you desire. You know, basically the opposite of sarcasm, which is like my uh, second language. Go-to language. Yeah, it is. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. This this direct communication, from my perspective, is um, it kind of involves two things. is saying what you mean to say mm-hmm. without hidden meanings, coded language, Assuming directness with what you hear without looking for hidden meanings or buried messages. Just saying what you want and being direct with it. Yeah. And, you know, on the other part of like when you're doing direct communication, direct communication is also kind of that listening. It kind of ties into the active listening. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a failure for direct communication when there are assumptions, right? Right. So um, you're not going to infer judgment on what someone's saying or... Um, decide what their desire or their need is right if they didn't bring it up so if they're directly communicating with you a part of that with your partner is kind of trusting what they're saying is exactly what they Mm -hmm. mean and not thinking there's veiled criticism in it not a treasure hunt exactly tell me what you want Mm -hmm. you know there's no there's no um where's waldo game here (laughs) on what's going on um speak directly Mm -hmm. identify what you want and then clearly and simply Mm -hmm. asking for it yes it's kind of that old adage, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Mm, it is what it is, right? It, it really is. Mm-hmm. What are some of the techniques for direct communication? You know, I've found a few here. And first of all, the most effective way to start communicating directly is to use declarative statements. Mm-hmm. And what do I mean by declarative statements? I would say, I want to go out tonight mm-hmm. rather than would you like to go out tonight? Mm-hmm. State your intentions for the evening or the situation mm-hmm. rather than throwing it out there of kind of passively, I'll go if you're interested in going. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go out, say you want to go out. Yeah. So it's using plain language, right? Just right. saying exactly what it is that you want and taking ownership of your own thoughts and your feelings. Like in that example that you gave, you're taking ownership of what it is that you want. You're not... um saying that my feelings or my thoughts or my desire is going to be based off of what you say that you want, but it's going to be um, communicated the way that I actually feel. You're going to understand that this is what I want to do. And you can say yes, or you can say no, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm open to the no's, but I won't be kicking myself because I left it too wide open for you. Right. And that's really part of direct communication is, is accepting if there is a no, Mm -hmm. accept that no, Mm -hmm. you know, One of the other things is speaking kind of with an active voice, Mm -hmm. you know, in everyday household language. I didn't take the garbage out. Yeah. Instead of the garbage didn't get taken out today. Yeah. Well, like who was responsible for it? Oh, was that me? (laughs) Oh, just to ownership. I didn't take the garbage out yet today. I'll do it now. Rather yeah. than kind of beating around that bush. And extending a conversation and extending, uh, you know, a connection that doesn't have to be a frustrated connection, which often does happen when people are using indirect communication. If your partner feels like they don't understand what it is that you want, if they don't know what it is you're trying to say, or um, they see that you kind of, 
you know, swirl around things all the time, your partner can start to feel like you're consistently trying to get out of something. So even mm-hmm. when you do start using direct communication, sometimes they don't even believe you. Right, right. And this kind of goes back to and ties in with what we talked about last time with active listening. Mm-hmm. Direct communication and active listening are complementary. Yes. You know, active listening is paying attention to what your partner is saying. Mm-hmm. And direct communication is, is saying clearly what you want to say. Yes. Not with innuendos or backdoor jabs or anything like that. Yeah. And so the other piece about that in terms of our like direct communication is avoiding saying things like always and never. Ladies, you know that we are all guilty of this. You never take out the garbage or you always forget to take out the garbage, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what are we trying to communicate at that point in time? That you're disappointed that the garbage didn't get taken out, but... People get lost in the words because their feelings get fired up by certain things that we say. Mm -hmm. So if I'm saying something to you like always and never, really, it's kind of almost like a character attack. And instead of me even um, addressing why the garbage didn't get taken out or just taking out the garbage in the first place, I feel like I now have to defend myself because you're telling me that I am lazy. Mm -hmm. If you say always or never, basically, that's what I infer from that. So then you have a I've had a rough day. Yeah. I've been busy. I was preoccupied. You know, you're right. You have to kind of defend yourself at this point because you're being accusatory rather than saying what you mean can you take out the garbage right thanks sure i will thanks yeah (laughs) Um, one of the side benefits of communicating directly is when you consistently ask for what you need means people can trust to ask you things yeah you can communicate directly with what you need and what you want Mm -hmm. and when someone asks you do you like this and such? Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. They can trust that because you speak directly. And when you say yes, like I said earlier, let your yeses be yes and your no be no. Mm-hmm. When you don't like something, they can trust that you genuinely don't like it. Yeah. You're not fishing for an opinion. You're not looking how they're going to feel. You're not thinking about the ramifications of telling her no, that dress does not look good on you or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You just speak it clearly. And directly, and she can trust or he can trust that what you say is what you feel. Yeah. That's the thing about being in a partnership. It's not just about, you know, getting the things that you need from your partner, but also putting your partner in a position where they can experience less frustration because you are so clear with them. Um, In one of the groups that I do, I actually talk about like self-esteem and relationships. And one of the keys is you understanding what's important to you, you being able, able to understand your own values, because it is only then that you can communicate to your partner, this is what I need. And your partner feels more connected to you when they're able to meet your needs. So if you are always indirectly communicating or hoping that your partner is going to read your mind because you left a magazine article out that had the favorite shoes or trip or ring that you wanted, you know, when you're doing that, one, you start to grow resentment because they're not, you know, magicians and they don't understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they start to feel frustrated because they're not meeting the mark because you just won't say, these are the things that I enjoy, right? So they get you all these other things that they almost feel like failures. Like, why can't I make her happy? Why can't I make him happy? Because they will never communicate to me what they actually want. Right. I think the reason we don't do that, especially when it comes to things being given to us or things being provided to us in our relationship, that can be tangible or not, is we tend to feel like we're being selfish if mm-hmm. we're asking for something that is just to meet our needs. Right. Right? But here's Sometimes we've been socialized mm-hmm. to... Not ask for what we need, mm-hmm. but to like, like, for example, there's three cookies left on the table. Yeah. Instead of saying, 
I would like to have those three cookies. Mm -hmm. You're thinking in your mind, well, somebody else might want one of those cookies. So I'm just, can I have a cookie? Yeah, I'll have a cookie. But before you get there, somebody comes up and says, hey, I want these three cookies. And you're like, wait a minute. I wanted those three cookies. Mm -hmm. Instead of getting upset, just say, hey, I'd like to have those last three cookies. Yeah. And then you think that someone's taken advantage of you because you were trying to be considerate. In the reality, you just were not were speaking clearly. You weren't. And so you, so say you told your boyfriend to go over and get those cookies for you. You didn't tell him enough. He couldn't read your mind about it. You bring back one cookie. You see the other guy take the three cookies. You're all upset about it. And here's the thing. Now you're upset. Your boyfriend's upset. But... Your boyfriend would have been more than happy to get you those three cookies because for him, the giver, for him, he would be winning because you would be a happier partner because you'd be full of those chocolate chip cookies that you wanted, right? right? And when you are a happier partner, you're also a less needy partner. You know, asking for what we need rather than what we think is available Mm -hmm. is really actually being kind to your partner. Yes. You know, we're not pressuring them into doing something that they may assume we want rather than just speaking clearly what we do want. Yeah, they don't have to worry. They don't have to be reading between the lines all the time. They get to relax in their relationship with you. That doesn't have to be one of those, you know, minefields that they're always dealing with in the relationship. They get to know when me and my partner are together, we enjoy this, this, and this. And it's not this whole, well, when I get together, I'm going to have to, like, put on my super duper, um, you know, magnifying glasses to understand everything they're saying because I could be walking into a trap at any point in time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, And when we... Do speak directly. Mm -hmm. We should really leave room for our partner to choose how they're going to meet that need. Yeah. I I had clients this morning and something actually interesting happened. Um, It it was a couple's client. So um, we talked about that direct communication, especially because I was going to be recording the podcast. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Let me tell you about direct communication. So one of the partners um, had promised the other one that when they got up in the morning, they would go for a bike ride. So she had a really long night. She stayed until 2.30 in the morning. So her partner comes to her and instead of saying, hey, are we going to go for the bike ride or I'm excited about the bike ride? The first thing her partner says to her is, you're not awake. You said we were going to go on a bike ride. You lied. You know, so the first thing that I have to do when you tell me that I lied is I have to defend myself. Right. Mm -hmm. I have to basically deal with the fact that I've just been called a liar. And for anyone who's grown up in any type of culture like mine, even saying the word liar is like, oh, oh, my God. So, you know, it's a character attack. I have to Mm -hmm. waste time defending it instead of actually tending to my partner's need of wanting to go on a bike ride. So I talked to them, like, how could that have been different? Um, And they agreed that she could have come into the room and said, hey, you know, Are you ready for the bike ride? Because I'm really excited about it. So you're telling me how you feel. You're directly telling me that you're excited about this thing coming and you're hoping that I'm going to wake up and I'm going to engage with you in this activity instead of attacking me. What was also interesting about that, because you were talking about leaving room for your partner, is what they did do well is even after she said that one sentence to her partner, um, she didn't say anything else. And the information that I got is usually when she's complaining about something or she's wanting something, she will just go on and on and on. You lied. You never do anything that I want to do. Every time I want to spend time with you, I just feel lonely because, you know, you prioritize everything else and all that type of stuff. But because she just stopped at that one sentence, she felt like she got it off her chest and she moved on. What did happen was the other partner said, you know what? I felt like she left me space to be able to process what happened and to be able to think about, yes, what is my priority? And by allowing that space, this partner was able to, yes, prioritize, you know, her wife and get up and say, hey, 
let's go for that bike ride. You know, like mm-hmm. I am a little bit tired, but this is important to us. And I did make that commitment. So she allowed time and not like beating her over the head with this appointment, but just giving her her truth, you know, in a roundabout way mm-hmm. um, that she really wanted to go on the bike ride. And she was able to accept that process it and give her partner what she needed. You know, that kind of ties into my next point that I was going to point out is leave room for your partner to choose how they're going to meet your needs. Mm-hmm. You know, and in that instance, she stated what she felt. Yes. But then she left it open for her partner to, gosh, I'm really tired. I'm not going to be able to get up and do this. Or, you know what? It is really important to us to, to maintain this schedule, to yes. do this thing together. Yeah. It's a thing where we connect. Yeah. So it is important. I'm going to make that a priority. And I realize that. Yeah. And so you give your partner a little space mm-hmm. to answer, to even mull it over. Mm-hmm. Remember that a need is not the same as feelings. If I need something, it's not necessarily that I feel like I'm being deprived of something. Mm -hmm. It's just something I desire. Mm -hmm. And so we sometimes get tricked into our feelings being our needs. And that can also turn into being demanding. Whereas if our partner tells us no and we get upset about it, that really wasn't a need. It was really a demand because when we criticize or we are not accepting of the no, yeah, we can be really twisting that around to be a demand rather than a than a than a, a request need, than a yeah. request. So you you do want to be ready for that. No goddesses, you know we are deserving of being pampered and being loved and being honored. You know, and your partners can only do so much and they should only be expected to do so much within the realm of their desire, right? I would prefer you desire to do these things for me and and then opposed to me making you feel horrible so that you do them anyway. I'd rather do it myself if it's going to create that type of energy between us. So being ready for your no, you know, you want to be specific and don't like make comparisons. Like, um, I need to know that you're going to do the same thing for me that you did for your ex-wife or that Mm -hmm. you did for your family members, right? Right. Like, don't do comparisons with that. Like, it's okay for them to say, no, you don't have to, like, hold this heavy thing over Mm -hmm. them and make them feel feel guilty. Because that becomes demanding. Exactly. And we talked about that, like, leaving room for them to meet your needs. So if you're not demanding, you are leaving room, right? You're not saying it has to happen. You are putting in a request and you are trusting that your partner is going to show up for you. Mm-hmm. Our partners connect a little bit better with us when they feel like that um, you do trust they're going to show up and that you're not nagging them to a point. Because what you're telling them is that they are no good and that they always disappoint you. But if I just kind of put it there for you, I'm trusting and believing that you're able to meet my needs, especially mm-hmm. after I've made it very clear, right? If you're not okay with the no... If you're like, no, it's unacceptable, then that's exactly what you were talking about, James. That is the literal definition of a demand. Right. No is nowhere in the realm. So that is a dictatorship. Okay. Um, And one of the things that would be helpful for you with with practicing being ready for the no's is practicing gratitude Mm -hmm. and affirming what is going well, affirming what it is that you do get because the no's are going to happen every once in a while. So reflect on when you do have the yeses. Like this no is not the totality of this relationship and this connection with this person. I'm glad you mentioned reflect because in all of this asking for what your needs are and, you know, discussing that with your partner, give them examples of when they did meet your needs, when they were doing those things that you wanted them to do or needed them to do in your life. Mm -hmm. And that will reinforce the right thing. You know, it gives them, they really appreciate that when I did that before. It gives me me or them or you a little more incentive Mm -hmm. to 
step up to the plate again yeah. and and be pleasing to your partner. Yeah. The other important thing, um, always assume good intent. This is your partner. Mm-hmm. This is a person that's with you because they love you. Yeah. They are here together with you. You are together in this life. You are working through this together. So always assume and understand and trust that your partner's intent is love. I do want to say this. I want to put in a plug to make sure that I'm very clear and we're very clear about this. We are talking about when you are in a healthy relationship where you don't have evidence of someone being manipulative or gaslighting you. They're not abusive, right? We're not telling you to lay down your arms when you know that you're in a situation where you've been lied to several times, where you've been shown true colors of a person and that they cannot be trusted. So we are in no way telling you to be naive and be vulnerable to the point of uh, being a victim, okay? Um, What we are talking about is when you are... In a relationship that is fairly steady, fairly stable, sometimes you will bring your own communication styles and tactics from previous relationships where mm-hmm. you actually did have to be on your toes all the time. Right. You did have to be defensive all the time. You had to kind of like double check what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Understand that when you're in something new, that should not be the assumption because then you shouldn't even be dealing with anyone if the assumption is that everyone is going to be telling you untruths. You know, as scary as it is to be an advocate for our own needs. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's even maybe a little more scarier that goes along with this direct communication is talking about the reasons we need something that can leave us vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We can feel exposed when we're, this is, you know, this is where I'm coming from with this. Yeah. And we are laying our soul out in front of our partner. Yeah. This is what's driving me to ask for this need. Yeah. And we're hoping they accept us. And we have to assume that they are because they're here in this relationship with us. Mm-hmm. We love them. They love us. Yes. In that relationship, not an abusive relationship, but in a relationship that is generally positive and generally going forward together. Yes. So we take some battle wounds from our previous situations. It could maybe not even be our own romantic relationship but maybe something that we witnessed in others relationships that were close to us our parents our siblings things like that that could have left us very worried about the status of things right so i may make a request to you if i trust that you will be present i have to be vulnerable and i may say something to you like i need to know that you will hold my hand when we go right. into a crowd of a lot of people and there's a lot of beautiful women, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in previous situations, and this is the why that we were talking about, in previous situations, I had a boyfriend who was constantly flirting with women right behind my back while he was in the room with me. And I found out later that he had gathered numbers from all these people. So this is not to say that you should, again, bring all your stuff into a new relationship and make assumptions toward that person, but you can let them know some vulnerable pieces of yourself where they can make you feel a little bit more comfortable without accusing them of being someone who did anything to you. You're giving mm-hmm. them the truth. You're directly communicating to them maybe some of your hurt and your wounds and letting them know that you're already working on building yourself back up. But if they're going to be your partner, it'd be great if they could kind of join in. Mm-hmm. For a couple of questions, um, one thing to ask yourself is what can I do to be more direct with my communication? Mm-hmm. And I reiterated that quite a bit here is speaking from how you feel mm-hmm. and what you want. And being honest with that and being truthful and direct. Don't beat around the bush. Don't assume they're going to read your mind. Mm -hmm. They're not going to read your mind. Mm -hmm. If you want three cookies, ask for three cookies. Yeah. 
Okay. And, and if you want a certain amount of like phone time, some people in the beginning of dating and things like that were like, oh, it's fine that you never text. Oh, it's fine that you never call. I'm good with that. You need to be honest with what it is that makes you feel comfortable, makes mm-hmm. you feel more connected. You know, frame it in the way of like when I'm trying to get to know someone, this makes me more comfortable in that kind of getting to know you stage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but just whatever it is or. I, you know what? I don't have sex, right? I, I abstain from sex or I like having sex this often. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be, you should be able to, especially when you're establishing a relationship, be very honest with those, the foundational things. So there's no confusion going forward. Um, you're starting off on the foot of the direct communication. When you start off with indirect communication and things that are confusing, things that are, um, leaving out information, you're kind of setting yourself up for disaster um, in the future. That's kind of that active or passive communication too. Yeah. You know, I broke the vase. Mm-hmm. Or the bra- the vase fell off the shelf when I hit it with the broom. Mm-hmm. You know, or when the broom hit it. Yeah. You really didn't even it. take any responsibility for it. So the direct communication would also be the I statements, right? Like right. I did it. Or when you're talking about your feelings, like you said, openly share your feelings. You want to talk about how like I feel this way about the situation opposed to you're a liar and you make me feel this way. That's totally right. different. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So another question that we um, have is, do I perceive criticism in my partner's communication? And, you know, if so, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. So you're going to know that you perceive criticism in your partner's communication. If you kind of feel it in your stomach and your chest, if you find yourself consistently responding to anything that they say to you with um, something to defend or protect yourself. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you're constantly in the mode of protecting yourself, right? And then you analyze what they say and realize that what they said was actually not even a critical thing and potentially not even about you or towards you. Once you start to process that, you'll realize like, okay, I'm taking everything that they're saying as an attack towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, where does that come from? Generally, when you've been attacked in the past, when you've been put down in the past, when you've been made to question yourself over and over again, your intelligence is sometimes being questioned when somebody in a previous relationship is very manipulative. So you often will assume that anyone who's close to you will maybe think that you're gullible and they will try to abuse that. So you know that you are taking it that way when you start to really feel it in your body and you're constantly defending yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one last question that uh, we have for direct communication. Does my communication show that I take responsibility for my actions and emotions? Mm -hmm. And this is just some way to check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, stop for a second when you're ready to talk to your partner. Mm -hmm. Am I taking responsibility for my actions or my emotions in this situation? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to put them in a a situation where they may have to interpret, misinterpret, beat around the bush, look for innuendos, look for some posturing? Just stop for a second. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself that question. Am I communicating in a way that I'm taking direct responsibility for my actions and my emotions. Yeah. And that'll give us get us on the right track. And I want to put a disclaimer in here. Mm-hmm. We are in no way professionals or perfect in this communication area. Mm-hmm. This is something that 
every relationship will be growing through and does grow through and couples and partners and husbands and wives will work through this probably through their whole relationship. It is something we can learn. Mm -hmm. It is something we can do, but it is something that does not come natural. Um, I did want to kind of put in a caveat that I actually am a professional for <laughs> when it comes to communication styles. However, however, I understand when he's saying like we're not perfect in our communication in our relationship or our other relationships, but no one is, right? So the expectation is not that you need to be at some expert level of communicating. Even though I have all the tools and I know all the answers, I'm still also human and triggered by things that bring me back to my very passive communication, my very like around the bout way of saying things. And as I said, sarcasm is definitely my second language. So it is something that we work through. <laughs> Just to let you know. I really don't get sarcasm. And so when she's speaking in sarcasm, I have to stop and think, is this sarcasm? Like, is she being for real? And sometimes I even ask her, is this sarcasm? <laughs> because I really don't get it. It's not my first language. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to your point, does the communication show that I'm taking responsibility for my actions? Your communication is going to show you're taking responsibility when the words that you're saying are not, well, I did it because you did this. I felt this way because you did this. I had to leave because you did this. But you you could have to leave and you could, you know, hit the car. You could break up. You could leave the house. You could do all those things, but it's because of how you feel, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. Like the person generally, they'll if you're in a, a whole discussion, they know what it is they did, right? And this is, I felt betrayed. I felt disgusted. I felt overwhelmed, whatever it is. And you're taking responsibility for, well, the reason that I threw that at you, which I'm not saying we should be throwing things, right? It's not because you just made me so mad. Like the reason I threw it at you is because I felt out of control and angry and I shouldn't have done it. Really mm -hmm. is the direct communication that should happen mm -hmm. there, right? right? So, okay. So that was kind of our um, wrap up on direct communication. I know we gave you guys a lot of points around that. So I hope you are playing this and playing this again and going back and taking some notes because we did give a lot today. Um, but do remember in our third part of our series, we will be doing some more role play to be very clear on what exactly active listening is, what direct communication is, and nonviolent communication, which is going to be part three of our communication series. Great. And also remember that our podcast is sponsored by Glow Your Goddess, the Glow Your Goddess membership, which is a membership full of goddesses who are on their glow up, trying to figure out themselves, trying to figure out their own light, their own power, their own passion, joy, and then putting that all together to be in a healthier relationship than they've ever been in before. When you say sponsored, are we actually getting paid? Listen, we're being funded. <laughs> funded. Fun. Emphasis on the fun. Yes. That's really, it's fun did. <laughs> so if you guys have not already, please also check us out on iTunes. If you're listening to us on Podbean or um, on Google Play, actually, wherever you are, it doesn't even matter. Just go ahead and rate us if you haven't Give already. Give us a rating. Yeah. We appreciate that. That gets us out there. The and algorithms, whatever those are. Mm-hmm. As we get more ratings, 
we get more listenership. And as we get more listenership, we get more people who are healing in their goddess journey. And mm-hmm. that's really the whole purpose of the movement, to get as many people in a space of feeling healed and feeling very tapped into their intuitive sense of amazingness and abundance. That's what this is all about. We do this not because we're being paid. We are being funded just to run the show. But we do it because it is really a passion that we have. Right. And we enjoy talking to each other. And we enjoy talking to you. So <laughs> I think we're going to wrap this up for this day. All right, goddesses. Don't forget to check out glowyourgoddess.com. If you want to tap into more direct communication with myself as a coach um, to figure out how to continue to glow in your journey, to be motivated on a weekly basis with new actions, um, with new lessons about yourself, more opportunities to dig in. And if you have not already picked up the guide you need to be checking out the why won't he call guide which is teaching you how to date like a goddess you wrote that book didn't i you? did write it it is on wow. amazon you'll find thanks it there. to the quarantine yes she wrote a book i don't know if done. you remember that but that's what <laughs> happened during the first part of the quarantine so anyways we're gonna wrap this up and we'll see you guys in a couple more weeks um, we appreciate you listening and we look forward to continuing this as we go. All right, bye. Bye. You already know Get ready for this Tell them it's a gotta you. Limitless in everything you do. They already know when you come through. You shut it down when